You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Always Moto Podcast with your host, David Hogan. This show contains information about injuries to riders competing in AMA Supercross, AMA Motocross, MXGP, Ozpro MX, and other international moto events. The information discussed may be unsettling to some listeners. It might be incomplete or based on medical opinions due to riders tending to hide the details of their injuries. We are here to explain the information and increase injury understanding and visibility for the fans. There might be coarse language and the odd stuff up along the way. If any of this offends you, turn us off right now. Right, Moto fans, I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist, and this is episode 43 of the Always Moto podcast. As always, I'm your host, David Hogan, the Australian physiotherapist, and later in the show, we'll be joined by the Always Moto contractor, who is unfortunately is still waiting to get paid. I don't know where it's gone, but it's in the mail somewhere. Anyway, this is the Always Moto podcast, and we are in the depths of the clinic, throwing strapping tape anywhere it will stick. As always on the show, we'll be going through all things moto, particularly the injuries in our sport because, unfortunately, hashtag injuries are a part of moto. This week on the show, we'll be talking super motocross and the upcoming round, which will be round two or three, depending on which site you look at because it's confusing after the postponement, but it'll be round two at San Diego. We'll be talking Always Moto Fantasy League, the Super Motocross Emergency Department and the updates that we've got heading into this next round at San Diego. Uh, And that will be our show. We'll also be chatting to later on, we've got an interview with uh, one of the preseason injured riders, Kyle Greeson from that uh, team, Next Level Racing. He's joined us on the show to give us an update on his uh, back injury and the situation with him. So good to have Kyle on the show. But bringing us to the show today, as always, is Polar Australia, and Polar Australia has that incredible range of activity tracking heart rate monitors. I've been telling you for a while now, I've got this Polar Grit X Pro right here on my wrist. We're getting closer to getting that uh, full inspection article up on fullnoise.com.au, but this thing is fantastic. Not only does it track my activity in terms of my heart rate and my efforts, and my distances and my speeds and my lap times, it can also now, I can also not get lost in the forests out the back of my place. It's got a GPS, like it's got the compass, and I can also go navigate to home, which is a fantastic feature. But that, that is nothing compared without it's being paired up to a H10 chest strap. So check out all of their products over on the link in our bio or the link in the show notes below. Thanks to Polar Australia. They also have some sales going on that Polar Grit X Pro at the moment, so check it out via that link in the show notes. 
Thanks also to Slamport Guy. Don't forget that we have that affiliate deal in place with Slamport Guy and they're offering 10% discount for Always Moto podcast listeners. You just have to use the, uh, the code AlwaysMoto in lowercase at checkout. So if you want to get your squats on point in the gym and improve that standing technique on the bike with stronger legs, this simple piece of equipment is for you. Remember, there's the last few weeks here. We're at 19th of uh, January as we're recording this. For the month of January, they've increased that offer for a 15% discount up from that 10%. So now's the time to buy one if you want one. And trust me, you want one. They really improve your squat depth. And you don't use it for all every time you do the squats. You use it to assist you to build that squat depth up. So, But you definitely should be getting one of these slant boards. If nothing else, I love it when I can get a decent calf stretch when I stand on that board. So grab yourself a slant board, guy, guys and girls. Uh, it's available now via that link in the show notes as well. As always, we still get our merch going. Yes, we still get our merch. You got the t-shirts. You might have seen the Always Moto Contractor, the big rig on the socials, on the stories this week. He got his shirt, but we have some for you guys and girls out there. So please send us an email, order that t-shirt. It is alwaysmoto2019 at gmail.com. They're $25 plus postage and handling. We can get them international make sure you send us an email with the shirt size and we'll send back for that PayPal payment. Speaking of PayPal, you can send us a donation to help keep this show on the road because we need some donations to be able to get to some upcoming events later in the year so that we can cover things as best as possible and get that inside information on all the injuries and some of the other random things that happen in the moto pits. So please send us a donation to help us get to these things. We're getting a few more listeners these these last few shows, which is fantastic, but we still need your support. Buy a T-shirt or send us a donation. Check the link in the in the show notes or in the bio on this Instagram. You can go straight to PayPal and make a donation and it will be very, very much appreciated. And please prop it, drop a comment, drop your name. We'll say thank you to you live on our shows. Enough with the intro talk. Thanks to the sponsors. Let's jump into the show. All right, we've got the contractor on the line. How are we doing, Benny? All right, how are we going? Good, mate. It's been a weird week and a bit, two weeks since uh, A1. We missed the race. We uh, haven't had much news coming into San Diego this week for around what will be called round three, despite the fact it's round two. But it's staying as round three for San Diego, but it's been an odd week or so news-wise, hasn't it, mate? Yes, it's been a bit quiet. There hasn't uh, hasn't been a whole lot apart from a few little things here and there, but yeah, I, compared to most weeks, it's been very quiet. Yeah, obviously there was all that kerfuffle that has come up elsewhere from uh, was it the arena cross or whatever, but that's been covered to death in other places, so we're not going to touch on it. But that was about all that happened, really. There's been not too much. There was there was one injury from Ryder D that sort of popped up, but. He wasn't actually in the events, you know, that are happening at the moment, so it wasn't too big of a news. Um, but yeah, basically, we're looking forward to San Diego this weekend. So hopefully, we can get the race. I had a quick look at the weather before we jumped on here. Weather looks all right. Um, meant to rain on Thursday in America, but uh, in San Diego, but nothing on Friday and Saturday. So it should be a reasonable race, hopefully, from a track point of view. And they got the new stadium. They're in Snapdragon Stadium, which is on the grounds of the old Qualcomm. Uh, I actually went to the old Qualcomm 10 years ago. It was a bit of an old concrete dump um, and a bit out of town, to be honest. Um, but it's it looks like it's all brand new now, so hopefully they'll have a nice uh, presentation there for, for this year in, in San Diego. 
Yeah, no, hopefully the weather stays as it is because it's a very open stadium and there's <laughs> uh, no roof. So, yeah, with the, the good weather, that'll be good for the crowd. And um, I, it'll get wet the dirt a little bit, but the, I'm sure the uh, Dirtworks boys will have the track looking nice by the time uh, the races start. Yeah, they always seem to do – they've they've done a really good job in the last few years of keeping – a lot of these wet races from being wet, they seem to have got excellent, like a stupid amount of tarps that they can put down pretty much and cover the whole track, which is insane to me. Like that's a lot of work, I would think. But that's made the racing and the tracks stay together a lot better than they have in, you know, five or so more years ago when they used to just get fully sloppy and, you know, massive puddles and whatnot. And maybe that's from all that... That Limegate issue a few years back in, in San Diego, wasn't it? So uh, maybe they've learnt from that. They've spent some more money on some tarpage and stuff. But, yeah, the venues and the tracks seem to hold up a lot better than they used to. Yeah, and they do a good job. And just A1 showed that, um, yeah, there were still a few soft spots here and there. And uh, it didn't – it wasn't very nice at the end of it, but – it made it through the night and, um, yeah, we got some good racing in, whereas it could have just been slop and uh, been very nasty for the first round. Yeah, definitely. Could have been uh, could have been horrible, but they, they salvaged it, so it was good. So do we think, and this one's a question without notice, I've just come up with this one, but do we think that uh, the same podium getters from 450s and 250s are the same we're going to get at this round 2 slash 3? Well, in the 250s, uh, I find it hard to see anyone else up there apart from maybe Pierce Brown, but it depends on how he is after he got just banged up last week. <laughs> uh, um, but he, you know, he would be really, I think, the only other one, maybe Max Volan or, um, you know, Oldenburg maybe, but I think the top three that we had will be the top three for the rest of the season. I think you're um, right for the 250s, eh? Like 250s, it seems like those three should be the podium getters for most of the rounds. They'll probably, like you said, those other couple, Volan, Oldenburg. Um, Styles, Styles should probably get somewhere there too at some point. Um, and Pierce, definitely. They, they will f- sort of f- filter in for the the spots from time to time, but I think those first three will be the ones. The fourth of the class is the one that I'm a bit more sceptical on. Yes, Eli, but it's that was round one. You know, we've always had these massive mix-ups for round twos and threes before it settles in. So what do you reckon? Do you reckon we'll see the same three? I think it's hard to go against Tomac. Um, you, can't, you can't not see him up there, but... You know, last year he did have that slow start, which he's completely done the opposite of this year. Um, but you you just never know. There's so many good guys, pretty much first to 10th could end up on the podium. And there's still even people after 10th that could be up there if they have a good race. Like I think we had we had Barsha, um, maybe Marvin. There was a few people that might, like 10th, 11th, they've got, no problems being a podium people. Like people, um, it's just so hard to pick. Yeah, I, like obviously Barsha was up there and then crashed out. But I wonder if, like, obviously that A one track was a bit rough from the soft soil from the weather, and it ended up with lots of ruts in the transitions and all those sorts of difficult aspects that make the track hard to go fast on. I'm curious, like this week, if it if it 
if it stays more like does stay dry in that that the new venue if the tracks are harder traditional you know california track would that see a massive jumble of the of the of the results because the track's completely different and people will have different setups that would work better on that or if it's if if this weekend's another sort of soft track well we'll see similar and then it's not until we get to uh, back to Anaheim, hopefully it's dried up up there and they can get a finally, a, you know, a concrete California supercross track and you, then you'll see the change in results again. I don't, I don't know. It's sort of dependent on the track conditions, I think. It is. It's it's very dependent. Um, you've got people who excel in the type of conditions A1 uh, gave us and then you've got people who do, don't do so well. So then you go to um, a normal sort of track, a bit more hard-packed and, you know, the other people that aren't that great um, in the first sort of conditions that can change their positions, you know, they might have a bit more of a go and not play it as safe as they did. But, yeah, then I guess until we go back to A1 and see if we end up with the same sort of thing or different dirt because uh, it's dried out, we just, yeah, we won't know. But I think... I think it will change the positions up and I think that we might have two of the three on the podium this weekend from last weekend. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? But, yeah, I'm just – I can't see it being exactly the same, but we'll, we'll find out. Maybe I'm wrong. But anyway, San Diego, new stadium, should be interesting. Hopefully the weather holds out. Um, so other news this week, there's only been the main other thing and we and I touch on this – in the emergency department section later on and if you don't realize i tend to record these in a jumble at times so sometimes i've talked about it sometimes i haven't talked about it yet so and sometimes we double up because i don't record this in a straight order this isn't live radio here people but anyway so carson mumford uh after his crash in end of november with his broken wrist he's back on a bike at the beginning of the week and then a couple of days later he's now on pro circuit for a filling ride because of austin faulkner's injury Pretty good pickup there from I think from for, for Pro Circuit and for Mumford to get a step up in equipment. Let's say, yeah, this is this is his shot uh, to stay or to finally get on some factory equipment. So he's just going to have to. Uh, you know, he's not coming back to Oak, the the Oakland round, um, so that gives him about a month, I think it is, mm. to get the wrist back into it. Uh, get used to the bike and come out swinging. So I'd like to see him do well. Um, he deserves it. And, yeah, it's it's good that Pro Circuit actually fill the ride, whereas the last few years I don't think they have. So it's good to see someone on the, on the bike. Yeah, I think, I think that will have become about because of Austin's injury and what we talked about last week about the length of time it's going to take to recover. I think they've probably realised and they would have more inside information on this than obviously even what we were talking about uh, last week just from my, my injury background knowledge. They will know from descript details of what the surgeon has said to them about this surgery and what the recovery times is. And like he's only getting operated on tomorrow their time. It's it, They would know that he's going to be out for a long time, I think, and that's why they've gone, right, we need somebody probably for all of Supercross and probably all of outdoors at, at worst, you know. So let's get somebody now and because round one it happened. 
So I think it's a great idea that they've actually done it. It's just that they recognise the length of time this is going to take, so why not put somebody on the bike? Why keep that bike sitting there doing nothing for, you know, nine months? Yeah, that's right. And I'd like to know who, you know, who pushed that. Maybe it was Monster, maybe it was Kawasaki, or it was just completely up to Mitch. Um, We don't know. But, yeah, it definitely needs to have the full team on the track. Um, and then obviously the other, the East Coast will have their riders. And then uh, yeah, come motocross time, they need need someone on it as well. So uh, if he does well, he might stick it out for motocross, or could be only supercross contract. We don't know, but uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think it'll be heavily dependent on the results. Eh? So he's probably yeah. been earmarked that yes, the bike's there for for motocross, but. It's got a big asterisk next to it that says you need to do this, this, and this in Supercross first. So I think there'll be, uh, you know, pretty heavy stipulation from Peyton about, you know, what you need to do to prove that I can give you the bike in outdoors as well. So we'll have to see. But hopefully, I think this is a good chance for Mumford to finally, finally step up to the spot that he probably should have been on the whole time in terms of that Geico team when it disappeared on him right after he just turned pro. So let's see what he can, what he can do with it. Yeah, it was yeah unlucky, um, and you know Jet and Hunter both got to stick with, uh, well they ended up you know staying with the Honda, but with the, under the HRC banner. But yeah, he uh, he missed out. So yeah, now's his time to see show us what he can do. Exactly. Yep. All right. So that's pretty much all the news. Like I said, it's been a slow week and a bit since that A one round with the postponement. Not much has happened. In the background, uh, and we'll talk about the changes to the status for some riders in the emergency department later on. But let's jump into that thing that always just makes us bang our head against the walls. It's the Always Moto Fantasy League on Pulp MX. How was uh, how was the team picking ahead of uh, round two or three here um, for you, Benny? Because I had a look, and I took my, my, my advice from last time about trying to make sure I got my eight is great. Yeah, but it was difficult now that all the um, the eight top eight from the, from the last race were given all star status. It sort of made it difficult to find those ones in the back that had confirmed to make a main event. I woke up this morning and saw that the uh, the picks were out, and I didn't pick a team until about six o'clock tonight. <laughs> I, uh, I messaged you and I said I have absolutely no idea who I'm going to pick. Uh, There's just nothing really that I liked. Going off what I said last uh, last week and just picking a Thursday team and seeing how we go. Uh, but yeah, this this team's going to be very dependent on uh, qualifying for a few of them. I think that's probably going to be the best advice for most people this week. But look, in terms of in terms of the league for Always Moto, uh, it's, there is still time to sign up. We've actually had another little increase. We're up to 104 players. So just a reminder, you can still sign up all the way until the East Coast rounds kick off, which isn't until February. Uh, there's a link in the bio to find it. So you can do that uh, or in the show notes or just check out our posts about the, about the league. I'll pop another one up probably tomorrow to uh, just remind some people that if they want to sign up, they can. The main thing we still need to do is get those contact details over to us via the email. Uh, and we've got a new email to send those to. It's uh, fantasy at alwaysmoto.com. So you can send through your details, your Insta name, your pulp name, 
so that you are eligible for the prizes at the end of the season when we start getting these or for the overalls and for the individual ones that we're going to have popping up here once the league is closed in February. So make sure you join in, get your mates, get your friends, get yourself in if you haven't done it already. Um, And look, before we start talking the team specifics, after last week, we've uh, when we were talking about Benny's fun here with the, uh, the help from the side about the TV access and him helping out for the team for it was Pagey, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Pagey. Pagey's actually jumped on. I've seen him follow a few other things of ours, so that's great. Uh, but just to help you guys out, so that you can get in touch with both of us, uh, we've got an email for Benny set up. So if you want to ask him any fantasy questions or anything like that. It's the contractor at alwaysmoto.com or you can find him. You find was the put your your Instagram out there, Benny? Yeah, no, put it out there. Yeah. Um, like, I'm happy to help. Uh, I know, you know, when I first started playing, I had absolutely no idea. <laughs> and um, just just with Pagey last week, you, you can see you help someone and I got help straight back. So you just, you never know. And um, yeah, I'm more than happy to help. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. So, all right. So the Instagram, if you want to get him quicker, it's it's probably the fastest way to get him. It's Grino, G-R-I-N-O 22 on the Instagram there. So you can get in touch with Benny that way. Uh, but like I said, the, the contract at alwaysmoto.com or you can always get me. I'm not probably as much help, but I, I can claim to, I can at least know some of the rules about it. So uh, it's just the usual social for me, always moto um, at, in, on Instagram there. So yeah, check in that way to, to both of us. And, and, um, but make sure you get those contact details. If you're playing in the league, send through to fantasy at alwaysmoto.com. Now, team-wise, let's go 250s first, Benny. Who have you got this week? And I know you can't have Jet Lawrence because you picked him last week. Yeah, so my all-star at the moment is going to be Oldenburg. Okay. Um, Mitchell Oldenburg got fourth in the first race, uh, which is pretty good. Took over Max Follin just at the end there. Uh, I looked at the, the rest of them. Um, the RJ and that are a one. Um, and I think that I just I can't. I just can't do it with his tendency to crash. Mm-hmm. Um, you could go Pierce Brown too, but he's not the all-star, but he's a one as well. And after what we saw last week, you know, that's that's another risk in itself. But, yeah, the all-star, I've gone for Oldenburg, and I'm pretty sure that'll stick. He's a pretty smart rider, uh, doesn't take too many risks, and he's still pretty quick and solid. So, I'm, just, yeah, he, he's going to stay. Yeah, um, so I think the uh, bit with Pierce there is an interesting one. I just noticed he's got a one, but he's not an all-star. So, there should be a lot of people picking him, I would think, if he uh, looks any good on Saturday morning in practice. Yeah, he'll be one of the higher pick trends, but I just I'm not sure. I've seen him, along with RJ, crash way too many times, and anyone can crash. But you never know when it's going to happen. But with those two, the more likely to crash, I just don't think I can bring myself to do it. Mm-hmm. It's been too frequent, hasn't it? So. Anyway, yeah. so so who's the four for you again? Quickly, just go straight through your four. All right, so Oldenburg's the all-star. I've got Hunter Yoda. Yep. Now, he's probably going to be a pretty high pick trend too because he was talked about on Pulp this week. Uh, so I'm not sure that I'm going to stick with that just in case he doesn't get in. If I pick an opposite to that, then I'll be on the opposite side of 
everyone picking him and missing out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see how we go. Um, I've got Dylan Walsh and Cole Thompson. So Cole Thompson, I'm not too sure on whether I'll <laughs> stick with him, but Dylan Walsh, I think I probably will stick with. Yeah, I think Dylan Walsh is a good pick, um, and I had him last week, so I can't pick him this week, but. Yeah, so I've gone Jet Lawrence as the all-star because I didn't pick him last week. And I figure even with a zero handicap, even if he gets second or third, he's still getting, what, 20 points or something, 16 points, something like that. So it's still a fair amount. Then I've gone I've gone Hunter Yoda as well. I think, again, you, like you said, he'll be a high pick trend, but I've got him there for now. I went Styles Robertson because he had a bit of a bad opening round. I'm hoping he's going to try and make amends, and he's a zero handicap, so I figure he's definitely got to get in the 10 at his position, so that would make sense. I picked Anthony Rodriguez at this point. He's a five, and I figured, too, he had a so-so opening round. I'm hoping he can get at least, like, 11, 12 and get into the top 10 to make double points, so we'll see. But, again, you've got to see qualifying. They might crash out. You've got to keep up with the socials to see if they're um, still going to make it to the night show. So that's, that's the 250 teams for me at this point. Yeah, I think they're all pretty good picks. Um, just the, yeah, like I said, that Hunter Yoda will be the, I think he'll be the, either you're on the good side or you're on the bad side. And I'm just, yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that one. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I made a note on this, uh, I stuffed it up the other day. You remember I said I came up with a new saying for um, like there's eight is great, seven is seven sucks, six is dicks. And I, and I came up with one if I got them all from the heats. I stuffed it up. It's, yeah. it's eight from the heats is bliss. That was my saying I came up with. So I want to see somebody say it if they get them in there. <laughs> if all from the heats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's fair enough. Um, so 450s. Who are we going as an all-star? I've got Aaron Plessinger. Really? Yeah. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> He's a seven. He did well last week. He felt He did crash. He did put it on the ground. He is also another person that has a tendency to do that. So I'm not 100% sure he's going to stay. Um, but for now, he's there. And um, I. he did get a good result last year. Uh, I can't remember what track it was, but I'm Oakland. sure he got... Oakland, he got yeah. a podium. Yeah, yeah so he, he got a podium. Um, I'd love to see him do it again. I know he's capable of it, but, yeah, it's putting it on the ground, is he's another one of them. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that one as a pick for my all-star. Maybe he could could pay off, you know, full points. But uh, yeah, see how you go with that one. I went with um, I went with Jason Anderson. I figured his, <coughs> excuse me, his uh, you know, opening round was a shocker in terms of that crash in practice, and then I don't think he just really got going all night after that. I'm hoping that two weeks off has been really good for him, and he's going to really push to make amends. So I'm hoping that that three handicap that he's got. You know, he should be on the, f- on the fourth or, or, or on the box at worst. So, yeah, I think uh, Anderson's a good one this week. Yeah, well, he did crash in the race too. Did he? I can't uh, remember that one, but yeah. Yeah, I think he was overta- trying to overtake Roxon. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember now. Yep. Yeah, he put it down. So, uh, I think, yeah, that the weekend in general was just bad from the time he face-planted. Mm-hmm. Um, so... With the time off, he should be ready to go, and you know he's very talented. Um, so, yeah, he sh- he should be up there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, 
Who have you gone for your non-all-star picks? Who's your three? So I've got the man of the week, Mr. Arena Cross himself. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Arena Cross. I don't know if he's going to want that as a as a catchphrase line for himself, but anyway. Um, yeah, I've got Cade Clayson. He's a 12. I'm not sure, again, after the week he's had, he was on the ground, didn't do well at A1. Um, I'm not sure. We're just going to have to wait until qualifying and see what he's like. But it's also a little bit of a swing for the fence with that 12 handicap too. So we'll see how we go. Mm, okay. Yep. Moving on. Um, I've got Marvin. Uh, again, okay. I'm not 100% sure. He's only a one and that's a bit sketchy. Uh, it's Like I said, it's just so hard. There's nothing I can... I'm sure it'll change, but I just, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I can't pick AC because I picked him last week. Mm-hmm. Um, could have gone McElrath, but he didn't make it last week. Uh, there's just so many, you know, there's starlings there maybe depending on qualifying. But, yeah, it's just, it's it's hard. Yeah, so what's McElrath sitting at as a, I'm just trying to scroll He's down a six. Morning. He's a six. Mm, probably not. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so who did you say you end up going there? So you, you Marvin, you you um, AP is your AP star, and Cade, Cade, and I've got uh, and I've got Mookie as and well. Mookie. Yeah, I've got Mookie as well. I kind of figured that crash and that sixteenth. You know, he's not going to do that again. And then minus one, even he's going to get top five for sure next this weekend. So. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good one. I picked Barsha. Again, he had a crash. He had a bit of a rough opening round. I think he'll be better than 10th. And I picked Joey Savacci at this point. I'm not sure on the Joey pick, but uh, as per the notes from Feld, guys, he did win a race there on a 250, so maybe it's a good venue for him. I don't know. And what's his... I picked him last week. He's a two-handicap this week. Yep. So he should be around that mark. Like he should be around that back end of the 10 there. So it should be double points. But yeah, just, I don't know. For some reason, with Joey not on a on a team bike out of a, you know, out of the truck, he's, he's just a little bit iffy for me at this point with, um, you know, how the machinery would go. If he has any troubles, does he have enough people to get him, you know, another motor or something to switch it over or anything like that? It's, yeah, just a bit iffy, questionable. Yeah, and I mean, I was lucky. It worked out for me. It wasn't too bad uh, last week. But, yeah, uh, and I, I'll be honest, I skipped over Barsha. I did not even think of him. Um, <laughs> he got Chiz there too, who should be back and ready to go this week. Um, he's an 11. Yeah, Grant Harlan as well, he's an 11. Yeah, there's now that I'm actually looking a bit more into it, there's probably a few people that, There'll be more once you see the qualifying list. When you see the qualifying list on the Saturday morning, you'll be like, oh, yeah, and because it'll match up with a decent handicap and, yeah, it might change a few things. But, yeah, I've, my, my thing on these, when I'm picking these teams at, like, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, whenever the teams come up, I always go to that filter on the side there that says last moto finish. And if they're not in the 20, I'm not going anywhere near them on a Wednesday <laughs> or a Thursday. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's fair. 
Uh, all good. So, look, that's the teams at this point. As we say all the time, make sure you check the teams closer to the to the race because we're probably going to change them. That's just what we do. But uh, that's our teams at the moment. Uh, we will we put up our teams when we on the social channel, so keep an eye on those. We use the hashtag Always Moto Fantasy League. You'll see the teams there before the lockout, ideally. Uh, so keep an eye on that if you want any ideas on what we're picking. Or like we said, you can chat to us on the socials there. But a reminder of the sponsors that are going to give away prizes this season in the Always Moto Fantasy League. We've got the Coastal Mo- Motorcycle Centre, Goat Brand MX, Thor Motocross Australia, Michelin Australia, Ringmaster Images and Helltech Australia. So we've got some nice prizes in the list here uh, coming Coming out with, uh, you know, some good stuff that they're going to have overall prizes at the end for the series top three. uh, And we're going to have some surprise things uh, in the last few rounds for just random positions. And I can see you typing there, Benny, FFL. Are you going FFL? Is that why you're trying to make me aware of it? (laughs) Uh, I'm picking Jeff. I think I'm going going for it this week. He got it last week or A1. And I think I'm just going to go with it. Uh, unless let me, I'm trying to find while we're talking, I'm trying to find a track map for this, but uh, I, I generally it don't. It's a very long, it's a very long lap yeah, to get right. to the finish line. I generally don't and like going these on, on non triple crown weekends. Yeah, that's that's fair because I like the, the you, chance at the first. <laughs> exactly. I just need that little bit extra help. All right, so we're, I'm just looking at this map. Oh yeah, we're going to go around here. There, it's pretty. It's like three quarters of the lap, isn't it, to get to the finish line? So, and there's a whoop section before it. So, yeah, Jet's probably a fair chance, but I don't think I'm doing it. Yeah, I don't think I'll go 450, but I, I you know, I, I think it's very hard to go against. Um, hard to go against him. He got me plenty of FFLs last year as well. So I think uh, I think it's locked in. Well, you know what was surprising in the 450s, and I don't know if you saw all those practice starts that they do in the daytime program for the you know practice and qualifying sessions. But every time that I saw saw the 450 A group go off with like all the big boys in it, Tomac pulled a pretty much pulled a whole shot every time, and I couldn't believe it. So if I see that again all day on Sunday when we're watching our time. I think I might actually be tempted to put Tomac down for the first lap lead on this track uh, if he's pulling hole shots in the practice ones again because he did it all day. Yeah, and he was rubbish on a Kawasaki. Nearly nine times out of ten, he could not start on that bike. Mm. Uh, And then he switched to the Yamaha and, yeah, like you said, he does it all the time. Uh, motocross, he did it. Supercross, he did it, especially in the triple crowns. Yeah, uh, so yes, it's, it's it's not a bad uh, not a bad choice at all. But I just uh, this track map, I'm not real sure about the turn in the middle, like right in front of the starting gates. I'm not. <laughs> that's that's a- it's, 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 it's it's interesting. They must be going to have to put some of those uh, mobile tough blocks across there that they drag across to um, line that out. But yeah, it looks. Does look a bit odd. Anyway, there's a definite shortcut on this map that you could take at this point. But anyway, <laughs> see see how it plays out when they've actually got it there in real life. So you never know quite what quite what you're looking at when you're looking at these digital track maps. Yeah, that's right. Oh, all good. All right. Anything else on fantasy you want to drop in there, Benny? 
Uh, good luck. Uh, <laughs> Shut your eyes, hit send on the uh, screen, and just walk away. <laughs> yeah, just just send it. Exactly. All right, that's fantasy talk for this week. Good luck with your teams. Make sure you pop up your team and tag or hashtag Always Moto Fantasy League. Reminder that whoever does that the most across the season will be getting a special prize at the end. So we'll be counting up how many times people are doing that and we'll send you a special prize at the end. So make sure you tag it uh, for the Always Moto Fantasy League. All right, let's take a quick break right here on the Always Moto Podcast. Hey, I'm Luke Neese riding for the SGB Honda team and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, guys and girls, we're back. Let's jump into that emergency department list heading into San Diego. The emergency department. All the injuries, all the gory details, and when they'll be back on track. It's the list you really don't want to be on. You really do not want to be on this list at this time of year. It's way too early to be injured. But there are plenty on the list. And as we spoke about in the last episode, because there hasn't been a race between this round, they're pretty much going to be the same list. We're going to have quickly run through this. It'll be a very quick emergency department this episode. But let's remind you of those injuries heading into San Diego. Now, this one, first one shouldn't be an issue. He already raced um, Anaheim 1 after the crash. Uh, and we don't expect him to have any difficulties with it. But Jason Anderson did get a broken nose in that qualifying crash that most of you should have seen on his socials if you haven't seen it check it out he face plants off one of the sections there uh, after the on off i believe it was he was trying to do that uh, section there didn't work out too well for him obviously austin faulkner everyone's seen those updates it's that knee right knee and left hand fracture so the knees the acl amongst other things there pcl mcl medial lateral meniscus tibial plateau fracture the update from austin is that Probably by the time you're hearing this, he will have had surgery. It's basically tomorrow that he's getting it, depending on which time zone you're in. Uh, So he'll be having that surgery there for his knee very soon, and he will be hopefully starting the recovery process. Malcolm Stewart, no injuries according to everybody, but as we ranted on last time about is the banged up comments. Uh, Everybody was banged up, but no injuries or nothing, and I believe that's just the way, and this is my own opinion, nothing else, no no confirmation of this anywhere, but just that they're trying to avoid concussion protocols. They might have had a concussion, but they're just trying to avoid the protocol for whatever reason, and I think Malcolm might have fitted into that uh, scenario as well. Benny Bloss, as we said last time, scans all checked out. The update from Benny is he's not riding San Diego. He's still got a sore tailbone. And if anyone knows where your tailbone is, it's at your butt. And it's not very comfortable if you want to take a poop. Unfortunately, it's not. It's also not very comfortable to seat bounce in a supercross track. So Benny tried the ride, wasn't able to. He's going to try again next week. So maybe we'll see him back at the next round at Anaheim too. Pierce Brown also banged up, but should be back and ready to go for this weekend. Again, question marks around what was actually being banged up there. Wilson Todd, same comments, same thing, moving on. But he's in, um, spoke to Yareev Konski, the team manager there at Firepower Honda, and he confirmed that he was going to actually try and race Oakland if it went ahead. That was before it got cancelled, or sorry, I should say postponed. But he will be definitely on the line. He's already had some videos up this week of him riding, uh, ready to get going for this round in San Diego. David Pulley, uh, reminder, he had a concussion, broken sternum, broken ribs, and an injury to his knee. He has had that knee checked out. He is getting some further things looked at and in, looked into, but there'll be more information on David Pulley in the coming weeks or week or so. 
So keep an eye out on that. McClelland Heil, the privateer on a Honda, concussion and bruised lungs. Uh, should be back for San Diego as long as he passes the concussion protocol, which I would expect him to given it's been two weeks. Luis Macias, as we had on the show last week, broken ribs, lacerated lung, pneumothorax, out for six weeks. Ryder DeFrancesco is a new one here on this list. Uh, he actually had a training incident after the Anaheim one round. He was meant to be doing some future races in the Supercross and then doing going full-time in pro motocross for you know his pro career, but he's had an avulsion fracture of his left thumb. He's already had surgery on that. Now an avulsion fracture is where the ligament point attaches to the bone and that ligament and the bone piece pull off from the bone, so the ligament's still attached to the bone. So they can generally just screw that bone piece back to that other the bone where it removed from and then it can heal up just like any other fracture. So ideally he's a six to eight week-ish sort of recovery and he'll be ready to go for pro motocross pretty much no doubt. Scott Meshi, privateer, um, unfortunately broke two metacarpals in his right hand, which that is basically the thick part of your hand, the metacarpals. The carpals are the wrist bones, the little ones, and your phalanges are your fingers. But he broke the metacarpals in the middle there, two of them, the third and the fourth one. Uh, he will be a four- to six-week recovery time. Given that it's two of them there, he may be more closer to that six weeks, but we'll have to wait and see for Scott. We're hoping to speak to him next week as well um, and maybe even have him on the podcast. We'll have to wait and see if that all lines up correctly. And then, of course, we've all still got those other ones there. Uh, Justin Rodbell is going to be out for the season with Achilles. Brandon Hartraff out with that back, multiple back aspect injuries uh, and hip injury and rib fractures and all the things that, unfortunately, Brandon went through. Carson Mumford's an interesting one. He has recovered from that left wrist fracture. We will have a quick chat about him, actually, because he's already back on the bike and that is exactly around six weeks for him, which is not unexpected. And the reason I say that is because he actually only broke his radius, which once it was screwed and plated together, six weeks should be good to go. It looked worse than it was. That photo that you would have seen from Carson's social medias initially when it happened, it had a big step in his arm. Now, that big step, I've had this myself. It's when the uh, wrist bones or the carpal bones get jammed up and forced on top of the radius and the ulna. So it creates a big step in the arm. But there's nothing actually usually damaged. That's just a massive looking dislocation, much like you dislocate your shoulder. It looks really ugly at the time. But once you pop it back in place, she's all good to go. So as long as there was no other twisting or, or rotationary forces that, that occurred with that uh, dislocation, there shouldn't have been any other damage really associated with it. Yes, everything gets stretched and pulled and sort of sore, but given that he has six weeks in a, in a brace or a cast from that repair, he should have been pretty much good to go by the time that came around, which is why he's back on the bike already. He has also then managed to switch teams to Pro Circuit Kawasaki, no longer with the Barak Suzuki guys. So... Interesting there, but I don't think that's a, such a big issue given that there, it was in the end there was only a radius fracture that was being repaired. As you heard, we had Kyle Greeson, or we have Kyle Greeson on the show later. Uh, you'll hear more about him, but he's out for the season as well. Vince Freeze, still no more info. I'm still waiting on a callback from Tony Alessi. I don't think I'm getting it, guys and girls. I just don't think it's coming. But anyway, we might see Vince uh, when the East Coast kicks off. We'll have to wait and see. That's the list. Um, keep an eye on something just quickly while we're talking about this as well. Last two seasons, so 2021 and 2022, we had an average number of 3.7 and 3.8 injuries per round. 
At Anaheim 1 this year, we've already had 11 injuries recorded in one round. So we're eleven round, averaging 11 versus the 3.7 and 3.8. We'll keep you up to date on that across the season, but we haven't started out very well. So hopefully there's a few less people getting injured this week at San Diego. That's it for the emergency department this week. There'll probably be more to talk about on that next week now that we'll have another race to review and keep up with what's happened from the injury front. We will take a break quickly and we will come back with the interview with Kyle Greason. This is Derek Kelly and you're listening to the Always Moto Podcast. All right, joining us this week on the Always Moto Podcast, uh, he's had a bit of a big injury pre-season uh, while he's getting ready for Supercross, unfortunately. He's from the team Next Level Racing. It's the number 204 of Kyle Greason. Welcome to the show, Kyle. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. No, I appreciate the time. Um, we've been trying to do this a little bit, but um, you've had a few things pop up along the way with this one and, and not always available from some medical appointments. Glad you could be here. Glad to hear in our little chat before we hit record that things are going somewhat okay for yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> surprisingly, yeah, things are going uh, pretty well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked on that. Now, it was a decent injury for yourself, and the main part of it was that you had an L3 burst fracture and for those that don't know what a burst fracture is it's basically the body of the vertebrae just blows apart for lack of a better term and ends up in a couple of pieces but you've also then you're telling me just before that you've you've also had an l1 l2 transverse process fracture and a couple of days later you found out you had some issues with your wrist you ended up breaking your scaphoid in the same incident as well so got a nice little list there of things that have gone wrong mate yeah yeah man it's been a it's been rough man i mean I mean, the main thing obviously was figuring out the back situation. And then I was like, I knew my wrist was bothering me the whole time, but I was like, uh, maybe I just jammed it, you know, maybe I just jammed it. And then it just, it never really got better. So I was like, all right, I'll go in and get an x-ray just to see. And yeah, there's a, there's a little fracture on the scaphoid too. So is that then, have you been casted up for that or what's been happening with that one? Cause that's probably on the, like you said, it's not the most important thing for you at the moment. No, yeah, I'm not in anything. I'm just uh, doing like therapy on it. Just uh, doing like the, I don't know if you know what the PR machine where it, the PER machine where it like you know shoots pulses, oh, yeah. electrical pulses through yep. it. Yep, yep. So trying I've, to I've stimulate bone every, growth. Yep. Yeah, I've been on that every day for my back and wrist. So okay, <laughs> lovely little uh, you know probably an hour or so there. Is it just uh, sitting there strapped to a machine? Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> so how is the back for you? Obviously the. The initial image you popped up on the uh, on the socials there was you laying flat on the ground and then then in the ambulance and but there was a nice little video of you actually up and walking around in the hospital as well. So, how is that back fracture yeah. for you? Um, I mean, at first it was pretty pretty rough. Uh, I, I've never had this bad of a back injury. The only thing I've done before is broke the process bones. I've done that. I've done that before, but okay. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it was rough. Like as soon as I, uh, as soon as I, I came up way short. Like I said on my Instagram, I came up way short on a triple. Just got wheel spin. It was muddy, and uh, just instantly like shot up my back and went down and went to go stand up. And I just, I mean, I couldn't stand up. Like my right leg, there was there's so much like the nerves were being pushed on whatever from you know the injury. So mm-hmm. I, I, my right leg wouldn't work. I couldn't stand up, which was pretty scary um so i mean for a bit there i was kind of kind of worried yeah but, fair enough too yeah yeah i mean for for how bad it is it, it you know i've 
been very lucky that I'm that I'm able to walk normal now. You know, I, I, all the numbness in my leg went away, so everything's you know getting better, which is shocking. Yeah, for how for how bad this injury actually is. Well, that's that's really good. That like, so you can feel everything, like bottom of the foot. You know, no concerns there at all. Yeah, all like I could feel everything. My my strength is all there. Uh, I mean, that, yeah, like I said, the neurosurgeon's like he's you know shocked by how good of state I, I'm actually in. So well, that's really good news. That, that ideally, then that means there shouldn't be you know too many like long standing issues with this one. So that's that's fantastic news for yourself, yeah. man. Yeah, exactly. So what uh, what has been the process then? Like you've obviously been not doing very much um, in terms of physical activity. You probably went from doing heaps of training and, and riding and you're obviously now doing nothing almost. What's been those yeah. sorts of, um, you know, initially were you, were you in a chair? Were you, were you forced to, you know, um, wear a brace? What was the sort of those first few, few days like for you recovery-wise? Uh, I mean, you know, the first... Yeah, I'd say two weeks. I was just in bed. Okay. Just, just basically just in bed. I couldn't. I, I would get up a couple times a day. They wanted me to try to walk. Uh, it was like at least uh, fifteen to thirty minutes a day. Okay. Try to walk in. Uh, that's that's all it was for a couple weeks. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's it was rough for a bit. Like I was so bored. I did not. You know, I was miserable from going literally like you said just training every day riding every day all that to just nothing and not being able to do anything was rough yeah it's a hard thing for you mentally at that point because you you've been in a a very active pattern and then all that's just sort of ripped away very quickly and to be stuck in four walls most of the time looking at a tv screen or something if you're even lucky enough to do that it's a big hit to the to the mental side of things isn't it oh for sure man it was i was struggling for a bit with that it was it was pretty bad so you you're now about what six seven weeks from the injury, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's almost it'll almost be two months. So what? How far into the the healing is this fracture looking now? Like I, I gather they've taken some scans of you recently. Is it actually looking like it's coming back together, or is it still still in um, a few pieces at this stage? So the last uh, like MRI that I had was on December twenty second, and that was still pieces yep. obviously mm-hmm. and i got an, i got an x-ray yesterday which i posted on my instagram story and it was i mean from the x-ray you can't really tell because and you know if you you can but like if you see the side view from like the mris and ct scans it, it shows the pieces a lot better mm. but the x-ray i mean the x-ray looked bad it, it still was pretty pretty broken from the x-ray view yeah x-rays are okay like they're obviously a quick check but yeah the the mri it's bits they they cover so much more cl- and clarity too. So yeah, but so yeah, it's yeah. still still a work in progress. So what's what's the timeline? Did they give you a, sort of an expectation that it'd be healed and you'd be able to start getting back to some normal activity levels, even just you know some general you know gym training or something? Or how long have they said for that for mm-hmm. you? Yeah, so I haven't really talked to like you know an actual sports doctor about it yet. But the what the original doctor told me was nine months to a year of of until it's fully healed which i expected that but Mm -hmm. uh about four months from injury i should be able to start doing you know normal like gym stuff again stuff like that yeah that lower grade stuff not not jumping not jumping triple again but yeah (laughs) no no yeah i guess it's just about how i feel and so what i've been when i go to the chiropractor that i go to uh he's just been telling me like 
basically you'll know if you're hurting yourself like try to because i've been i've already been in the gym once just doing really light you know cable stuff yep and i was like it didn't hurt and he's like that's fine if it doesn't hurt then keep trying to do stuff like that he's like it's only going to make it better it's only going to make it stronger so that's what i've been trying to do is just do more stuff and once it starts hurting i back off and then just you know just keep trying to do it yeah, that's look. That's some really good advice there. Like myself as a physio and myself dealing with my own injuries recently, that the listeners know a little bit about. It's it's one of those things where I tell people all the time that if you try and do something, that's not a problem, but you've got to listen to the body. And if it doesn't doesn't like it, well, don't do it. But don't shelve that yeah. exercise for months and months. Try it again in a couple of days and see if something's changed. Because hopefully the other exercises you're doing that are okay making the body strengthen and, and become more stable and obviously you're hoping that there's been some healing occurred in that time so yeah give it another crack in a couple of days and see if it still does the same thing or not because you you won't know until you try it again so but yeah you got to try these things but try them in a cautious manner yeah yeah exactly that's what i've been <clears throat> i've been trying to do and i mean everything that i've tried so far hasn't really been painful at all I get, I get sore, I get tight, but it's not like a, uh, you know, like a excruciating pain, which is what he told me to look for. He's like, if it's a sharp pain, yes, stop whatever you're doing. Like, don't do that. Yeah. That's, so that's the that's key mo- movement. Like that sharp pain bit will be the bit that stops you, but you'll also feel yep. it. Like you'll notice that difference. Like, yeah. And that's the one you're like, yep. Okay. Sh- stop what I'm doing. Move away. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, he's like, there's a difference between that and like general soreness. Like, if it's just soreness and you know it's tight, he's like, I wouldn't worry about that too much. So, no, that's, that's just like normal gym activity, you know, your normal soreness post session sort exactly. of thing. So, yeah, that's that's not an issue. So, yeah, you're getting some good advice by the sounds of it, and yeah, you just got to keep keep at it and keep keep working on everything. So, has it turned you off getting back on the bike at all? Like in in that nine or twelve months when you are fully healed as they said um, are you you'd going back to it or what's the plans for you at this point in time honestly you know i'm not i'm not sure what my plan is going to be i mean it's it's still got a long road of recovery but like i, I could tell you at first when i first got hurt i was in the hospital like i'm no i'm done like, <laughs> you know like i i just wasn't wasn't even thinking about dirt bikes and then going a1 like you know being around it more i'm like dude I, I miss it already so i don't know we'll see once once you know the the healing starts, you know, once it comes to more of an end in the healing, then I'll, I'll, I'll make a decision on, you know, what I'm going to do. But yeah, as of right now, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's fair enough. I, I think that's the normal response for anybody with a decent injury. You know, the first day or two in the yeah. hospital, they're all like, no, nope, I'm done. I'm done. That's, that's pretty generic. Exactly. But the longer it goes, either the body forget the body forgets the pain and you sort of yeah. start feeling really good again and you, you like you know obviously start thinking about oh i could do this and i could do that so yeah things change quickly yeah. and it doesn't take much but yeah those first few days everyone has that same sort of thought i'm done with this this is stupid why do i do it but yeah yeah quickly come exactly. back around on it so yeah see how you go yeah for sure so what's the plans? Are you doing something now? Um, have you have you had to take up a job or you haven't got to that point yet or are you helping out some mates? What are you filling your time with for the next few few months? Yeah, I uh, haven't got to that point yet. I've been focusing on, you know, getting the back healed enough to where I can, uh, you know, do something all day. But the plan is I'm, I think I'm going to try to start, like, you know, trying to train some kids, stuff like that, and, you know, keep myself busy and then uh, maybe find, like, a, a little job in the industry to do, Yep. you know. Just, just for the year, just figure it out and see what, uh, 
where that takes me. So I think that's what uh, what my plan is going to be. I just got to get my back healed enough to where I'm, uh, you know, able to do something all day without, you know, sitting down or laying down because I still it, it gets sore about, you know, halfway through the day and I have to lay down and kind of rest it and then then I'm fine, you know, but. Yeah, that's the plan right now. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, obviously, there's a few, there's still a little bit to to go with just even getting back to normal walking around, like you said, for a whole day. So, to do a job properly, you you can't go and go, hey, boss, I'm going to go have a little lay down for 20 minutes. Is that okay? Because that's usually not going to work, is it? So, yeah, you've got to probably get a bit further along. But, um, no, at least if you're going to train some kids too, that's awesome because you'll at least, that will probably help you with staying in the sport of stuff as well because you'll probably get that itch come back pretty quick from, from watching them ride when you're starting to feel better as well. Yeah. Yeah. And and I enjoy doing it. I enjoy helping, helping people out. And, you know, especially like if I get like some 65, 85 kids, like I I enjoy that. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Giving back to it's, it's always a nice thing to do when you've, when you've got the chance. So yeah, hopefully the kids that exactly. you uh, get to hook up with get some uh, good lessons out of what you know from uh, their time on the Supercross tracks. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I hope I can. Uh, hope I'm good at it. I, th- I think you know I-, I like it, so I think it you know it'll it'll be good. But we'll see. Awesome. Now, is there before we wrap this up? Is there anyone you'd like to thank? Whether that's the sponsors that were helping you out or the people that maybe helped you get off the track and been looking after you since? You want to give a shout out to anyone in particular at this point in time? Uh I mean. Just, I mean, everyone, you know, there's a lot of people that have been helping me out and keeping me positive, you know, all my friends, everything like that. But, uh, yeah, just shout out to the, uh, the Next Level Racing team. They were uh, he, they were big for me, and uh, it was going to be a good year. And, unfortunately, you know, things happen. But, yeah, they've been uh, they've been solid. Uh, Chris over there is a super good dude. And, um, yeah, t- this, I was really looking forward to it. But, yeah, happens, man. Yeah, unfortunately, bike racing and bike riding tends to have occasionally the bumbling the road so anyway maybe that uh that team bit there can uh kick off next year instead but yeah you just got to get yourself well yeah. so look we appreciate For the sure. uh appreciate the time on the always motor podcast we, we hope we're glad that you're doing well it's always nice to hear a good side of the recovery coming along so that's always good and uh we wish you the well with uh, the rest of the journey mate awesome thank you man thank you Hi there, my name is Eldon Baker and I'm from the Baker's Factory and you're listening to Always Motor. And we're back. Thanks for sticking around and listening to that very great interview there and catch up with Kyle Greeson on his injury and that L5 burst fracture and how he's going and how he's recovering and unfortunately the long recovery that he has ahead. But that's it for this show this week, Always Moto fans. Thanks for listening. Soon you'll be able to get on and purchase that uh, T-shirt order from us via our new website that's coming here shortly. It will be alwaysmoto.com. Please keep an eye on it, out for it. It'll be out very soon, uh, but we'll give you an update via that on our social media. And speaking of social media, to stay up to date with all of our injury info, please search Always Moto in your favorite social media platform and then hit follow and subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast feed. If your podcast app allows, I really, 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 really need you to leave us a feedback on the podcast app. And when I say really, I mean really, really, really. Please leave us some feedback. It will help us immensely. It will help our visibility of the app, uh, of our podcast on the app be increased. So please leave us a rating. It would mean the world to me. Don't forget to go and check out all of our written articles over on fullnoise.com.au and soon to be also, as we said before, alwaysmoto.com. But that's it for another show. Thanks to Polar Australia and Slamboard Guy for the show support. 
Thanks to the Fantasy League sponsors, Coastal Motorcycle Centre, Goat Brand MX, Thor MX, Michelin Australia, Ringmaster Images and Helltech Australia. Thanks to the Always Moto Contractor. Thanks for listening, guys and girls. Remember, you've got to be smooth to be fast because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you deep in the emergency department, maybe even the clinic having strapping tape thrown wherever it sticks.